Yada Gaba, Yama Gerne Madeline, Gamilaro Yutin Dali, Tumala D. Nea Yalagi Maga Winninge, Banjlang Guriga Ganangu, Walai Baga Nale Buddha Gagiga. Hello and welcome to the Staying Alive podcast. We've had a couple of weeks off, but as always, we'd like to start this episode with acknowledging the Bundjalung country, which is the country that we are recording our podcast on today, and pay our respects to their elders, past, present and emerging, and thank them for caring and sharing the land that we're on. I'd also like to extend these respects to our neighbouring countries, the Gumbangia and Yegul people as well. Um, we often move between these countries and um, we're very grateful to live in this area. Today we're going to talk about something a little bit different. Um, as most of our listeners know, we're in the Northern Rivers region and um, as it's been all over the news and in the media that we've obviously been through some really hard times lately. Um, so I'm with Elle here again today. So she's an emergency specialist doctor and we met at work and we're going to have a chat today about the floods and basically what you can look out for, what sort of health things that you need to be mindful of during this time. Hey Maddie, hi everyone listening. It has been a really awful couple of weeks in the Northern Rivers. Um, some of our kind of neighbouring towns have been really hard, hardly hit and affected by the floods and our hearts kind of go out to everybody that's um, that's been affected. We wanted to have a quick chat through some of the health impacts that floods can have um, because there's a few things that people might not be aware of if you haven't been through this sort of weather event before um, so we're hoping to give you a little bit more information and provide some advice about um, where to access help. Yeah and I guess we've sort of noticed as well um, again through our workplace that even though um, there's a lot going on right now and obviously there are a lot of probably more important things and some of our things we're going to talk about in terms of health going on for a lot of people in our area that we need to just be mindful of these things and obviously be aware and to pick up um, anything that could actually mean you end up being quite sick at the end of the day. So we just wanted to share some general health information, um, particularly relating to the floods, but we also acknowledge that it's definitely probably not the most important thing for people at the moment. And a lot of the people around us have you know, lost a lot and there's a lot of devastation for a lot of families in our area. Um, and yeah, we just wanted to respectfully, I guess, talk about something that we can add to that conversation. So Elle, what are some of the things that I guess we're seeing or some things that people should just be mindful of, um, particularly relating to, you know, today, tomorrow, the next couple of weeks? Uh, so there's a couple of kind of waterborne illnesses um, that are related to floods that people should be aware of, and we can kind of group them into probably um, two main categories. Uh, and then there's also some issues around mosquito-borne illnesses and then also the mental health impacts of, of flooding. Um, so in terms of the, the waterborne stuff, the two main groups are probably the, the gastrointestinal illnesses that people can get and then also the skin infections that can result from injuries that are exposed to flood water. Yeah, so that's something I think that's super important. Um, we're right in the midst at the moment of the cleanup stage and I think it's really um, important to acknowledge that, that you know this is going to be years you know we're looking at months to years of recovery and at the moment we're right in the midst of that everyone's getting into back into their homes 
um, we're cleaning up and getting, you know, we're exposed to flood mud, flood waters, um, potentially already being exposed to these things like the waters, particularly when they were still around. Um, so, yeah, I think it's important to talk about what we can watch out for in terms of actually the water exposure or mud exposure while we're in there cleaning. Yeah, so as, I mean, the locals will all know, this water's dirty and contaminated. It's got sewage in it. There's been animals in it. Um, So it is high risk for causing illness. Uh, In terms of the gastrointestinal things, that's what we mean to do with your gut. So you, you might develop a vomiting and diarrheal type illness. Um, most of these will settle down on their own with, with hydration and good clean drinking water. Most people don't need antibiotics for these illnesses, but that's always a possibility. So our advice is, you know, if you're having prolonged vomiting and diarrhea, you're not able to keep fluids down, you're having high fevers or, or blood in your vomiting or diarrhea, then then you may need antibiotics and you should seek medical advice. Yeah, and I think that's what I was getting to before. I was saying it might not be the first thing that you notice or pick up on you know when you're in these stressful situations because you know if you are facing homelessness or a housing situation at the moment you might not even notice that you're feeling a bit unwell because obviously you might feel sick you know sick in the belly anyway basically from the stress that's going on at the moment as well so just being mindful that you you could be a little bit more unwell potentially from being exposed um to these you know bacteria and viruses that are around post floods um and that you know just to be mindful and yeah to make sure you maintain good hydration and even you know it's really hard at the moment with fresh food and things like that because i know that again we don't we don't have good stories some places are still without power and we're you know more than a week past having the the floods being through this area um but yeah it's important still to just make sure that we can try and access where we can fresh food and and good water and things like that to keep our selves as healthy as possible if we are you know feeling a bit off yeah yeah so true um the the next kind of group is the skin infections and these can be really important there are usually um more obvious you'll notice them um these occur when there's any breaks in the skin so it can be you know an obvious cut or or you know microscopic um, breaks in your skin and bugs enter from flood water uh, and can cause infection there and this might look like some redness or um, might feel the area might feel warm to touch um, you might have fevers there can be pus coming out of a wound um, all of these are things that we should look out for that might indicate that we need to um, be seeking medical advice and, and often if an infection gets to that stage then we would treat it with antibiotics yeah absolutely and I think that's super important because um Often we'll just be, yeah, as I said, we're in that cleanup stage and you're cleaning up and you get cut or, you know, you have, you know, some scratches on your feet and they don't seem too bad or doesn't seem too important really because, you know, they might not even be that painful, but you do notice they're getting red or nasty and things like that. And, you know, we are really mindful that these infections can um, get really badly quite quickly if, if left untreated or if, you know, left exposed and, you, you know, constantly getting 
flood mud in them and things like that. So, yeah, and yeah. it's really hard at the moment. I think people are kind of approaching this clean-up effort without access to, you know, protective mm. clothing and boots and gloves and the things that we would love that they have. Um, and so everyone is at a little bit higher risk of getting these types of injuries because um, at the moment all of that has kind of been taken away. Yeah, and from a health perspective, like that is something that we, if you are looking to donate or help out um, people who are on the ground, you know, if you can't physically lend your time, um, that's something that, you know, we would definitely recommend helping people out with is, you know, having access to what we call in the industry PPE, but, you know, boots and gloves and things like that to assist when they're actually people are there cleaning up because um, it might seem like a little thing right now, but as um, Elle said, they we just don't have access to it at the moment. And a lot of the shops that sell these things have been inundated. And, you know, we were having a conversation just before about, um, you know, when it comes to medicines and things like that, about even how, and, you know, when you're looking at infections, um dressings and band-aids and all of that sort of thing but where are we even getting these from at the moment it's a really hard thing because a lot of the shops and you know immediate resources are are gone so yeah Yeah, some of these towns are relying on all of this equipment being brought in from elsewhere and that's obviously been a really drawn out and poorly coordinated kind (laughs) of response thus far so it is really really hard for those people and you mentioned before mosquito bomb, which I think is something that we can forget about a little bit, but obviously with stagnant waters around and um, it's, yeah, something to be mindful of. What sort of mosquito borne illnesses are there? Yeah, there's a few. There's one in the news at the moment, actually. Everyone's probably heard of Japanese encephalitis. That's just... Um the next big thing that everyone's (laughs) talking about. Um, Look, for the most part, it's actually a pretty benign illness. Only about 1% of people have really severe symptoms with that. But um, you can get headache and vomiting and fevers. And and if that happens to anybody, obviously, we'd we'd want you to seek kind of medical review. Um, Some of the other common ones that uh, mosquitoes can carry are things called like Ross River virus or the Barmer Forest virus. Um, They're both definitely around this area. We've seen patients Mm. with those present, you know, preceding the flood. So um, these can these can cause similar symptoms, fever, headache, joints, aches and pains, kind of nausea, that sort of thing. So if you're worried that you're having any of those symptoms, then we encourage you to get checked out. So basically, I guess when it comes to the cleanup stage and if you are out and about, we would highly recommend um, if you, you know, again, if you have access to it, um, wearing gloves, um, even eye protection if you happen to have, you know, some goggles lying around somewhere yeah. or something to help with that. Yeah, ideally um, long sleeves, long pants, yeah. boots, that sort of thing if, if you've got access to it. Yeah, yeah, because this is the last thing that we want anyone to have to worry about in the midst of, you know, re- rebuilding and getting your lives back together basically. And when you're mm. out there helping, you don't want to have to worry about, you know, being really unwell from it as well. Mm. So... I guess another conversation was around um, with that loss of housing, loss of storage at the moment um, is, you know, risks that come with, um, you know, not having storage for food or not having access to regular medications and things like that. It's something that I've definitely noticed when we've been out and about is that, again, there are a lot higher priorities at the moment. And even though some medications that we do take are... um, I wouldn't say life-saving, but they're things that we definitely should maintain regularly. Um, But they become, you know, obviously less of a priority during these times. So what sort of at-risk people, I think, do you think need to be wary of this? Look, 
you know, it's this this classic line of <laughs> people with other medical conditions that we've we've become accustomed to in COVID times. You know, if you've got a chronic illness and you normally take medications for it, it is really important that we try and um, keep you on those medications. So, you know, people with heart disease that are on blood thinners like aspirin, um, you know, we'd want you to continue taking those. Um, people who have seizures and are normally on anti-seizure medication, um, stopping those abruptly can be problematic. Same with some of the antidepressants and um, antipsychotics. If you stop those medications suddenly, you can get lots of um, symptoms uh, because of that. So those groups in particular, um, insulin is another one. We've just mm. talked about diabetes. So um, they're, they're all things that we would hope that people can access because they're really important medications. Yeah, and I think um, funnily, you know, we, as I said, we've talked about diabetes recently, but Diabetes also plays in with these um, skin infections and things like that as well. And if we have um, poorly controlled blood sugar levels and we're also dealing with infections, then I guess it's one of those storms that we see that end up don't end up too well when people mm. end up getting really quite unwell from that because um, high blood sugars stop that healing process naturally for the bodies. Yeah, diabetes is a risk factor for worsening illness in many, many um systems yeah yeah absolutely so another thing that I hadn't really thought too much about is people um in this you know maybe family and friends that you need to think about um or who are on home oxygen um making sure they've still got access to that um and making sure that's a priority just being mindful you know to let whoever is you know whether it's the SES or whoever is out there helping know that that is something that you might need coming up and just planning for that yeah, and I think um, the people that are on home oxygen will have contacts through their local hospitals and um, they should get in touch with, with the people who normally help them manage um, and be wary that if there might be delays to accessing some of that stuff. So if you can plan ahead a little bit, um, that'll be really helpful. Yeah, and like we wanted to touch on the, um, all of our like social and emotional wellbeing things as well. Um, but before that, I guess I wanted to mention that even though this has sort of happened and at the moment most places are able to be accessed and when I say most, there are definitely still places that are cut off through to damage or, you know, still waters lying around. Um, but this is something that could definitely impact us more so in the future. Um, it's been, you know, noticed that it's probably due to changing climates and infrastructure and things like that that have caused these, you know, events to be more... Um, devastating than they previously have so a thing that would be really important at this time would be if you are someone who suffers from a chronic disease or perhaps is on something like dialysis um, to have make sure you've got plans in place so if this does happen in the future to make sure you're able to get out and still access those health services that you need um, and you, you know don't don't get cut off from those in the future yeah, that's a really good point, Maddie. I should have probably included some of those groups before. Um, patients that are on dialysis, um, patients that have cancers that are on chemotherapy or radiotherapy, um, or all people who, um, you know, shouldn't have breaks in their treatment because they can become much more unwell. And, um, you know, we know right now it's really, really hard to think into the future because there's still so much devastation going on. But they're all groups of people who really should um, make sure they've got a plan in place for if this happens mm. again. Especially, I guess, if this time that has affected you this time around. And I guess we're speaking really specifically to our area, but it has been a huge area that it has happened to. Um, but I guess it's something just for the wider, you know, whole Australian population because we are an area, we are a country that does see 
these natural disasters happen quite often. So yeah. if this is you who do rely on these regular treatments, um, you know, it's really important just to pop a plan into place and have a chat to your health provider, a couple of family members, and just see if, you know, you do become cut off or unable, you know, to access them, what that might look like for you or where you might go to seek help. Yeah, and I'm sure, you know, the communities on the south coast of New South Wales went through all of this in the bushfires mm. just a couple of years ago. So that's a, a good thing for everyone to think about. Yeah, and just, I'm, I guess, backtracking a little bit, but as we talk, we remember a few different things as well. Uh, but with you looking at infections and when you're cleaning up and you're out there in the community, if you do find yourself getting any cuts, grazes, um, exposed to any sort of, um, yeah, flood mud or metal, scrap metal when you're walking around, because there's a lot of sort of debris and things out there as well, um, making sure that your tetanus is up to date is also important. So that might mean a quick trip to, you know, GP or ED to just check in on that if you know you haven't had a booster or you know you haven't had one at all. Yeah, Maddie, if um, anyone hasn't had a tetanus booster in the last five to ten years, um, then if they've got those kinds of injuries or exposures, then we would encourage them to have an extra shot. So as I said before, I think we are sort of a little bit all over the place with the conversation, <laughs> but it's a bit how our last couple of weeks have been, to be honest, because there's just been so much happening. <laughs> yeah, very reflective of our lives at the minute. Um, there's a lot happening and a lot to go, a lot going on and a lot to think about. And as I said, that's why sometimes these health things can just become um, back of mind and last priority because mm. there's a lot, lot to think about. But um, in terms of as well, if you're in an area where you're helping to clean or you're exposed to the floods, um, just make sure we're practicing good hygiene. And I think we've become a lot better at that these last couple of years, again, with COVID. Mm, thanks, COVID. Yeah, it's <laughs> give us one good thing. Um, but yeah, we've, we've become a lot better with just basic hand washing, you know, if you're working in mud, don't, not touching our faces, all that sort of just basic good hygiene, just continue on with all of that. Yeah, I think some communities still don't have access to good clean drinking mm. water, so making sure water's running clean if your pipes have been affected, turn them on, let it run for a few minutes. Um, some communities will need to boil water so that it's safe to drink. Um, if you're having any injuries, cuts, scrapes, that sort of thing, try and clean them out with some clean soapy water um as soon as as soon as they happen so that everything's as clean as possible mm. and if you know you have been unfortunately impacted with the water and you know food or your medications again anything that you're going to be exposed to um whether you ingest it or like put it on your skin or anything like that um unfortunately just chuck it out if it's had flood water flood mud because uh, we, you can't risk that there's again. no way of knowing that's yeah. safe yeah and I guess that goes on to like a bit of a long-term thing to be mindful of. But, and I think it's something that everyone's sort of a bit all over at the moment because obviously we're in that cleanup stage with homes, but mould will also become something to be wary of um, in the future. Yeah, yeah. And, and mould can definitely have some long-term health impacts. We know that people can have kind of chronic fatigue, chronic headaches. Um, and if, if you're kind of breathing in, mold you can really affect your lungs and get bad lung disease so um if anyone in the you know coming weeks to months has mold in their houses that's something that really it is important to be addressed yeah yeah and and again with those um again all over the place sorry <laughs> i've really hurt Elle's brain today because she likes the things to be very structured but um she's getting a bit of a lesson on how i work sometimes so <laughs> 
with the mosquito side of things as well, again, if you're looking to donate, rid mosquito repellent, those sort of things would be really helpful in these areas at the moment yeah. when we're out working and making sure that you are putting that on because um, just avoiding and preventing getting bitten in the first place as opposed to, um, you know, keeping an eye out for signs and symptoms is probably the best yeah, option. Yeah, we try the prevention. So getting back on track to the original, I guess, plan for this episode, (laughs) (laughs) and we'd like to sort of finish up just talking about how these stressful situations, natural disasters in general, um, you know, floods, bushfires, things like that, always elicit grief and, you know, loss, and it always is a, a stressor, and we need to look after ourselves first and foremost as well. Yeah, I think this is such a hard time. And for some of these communities have kind of just been through a flood in the last five years and have probably just recovered and then been hit with this again. And on the back of COVID, there's a lot of loss and a lot of grief in the community. And um, and that's a really hard thing to go through. I think it's important people know, you know, you can have lots of physical symptoms of grief, um, which can include, you know, poor sleep, bad dreams, um, flashbacks, headaches, nausea, poor appetite, that sort of thing. And, and it's really important that we're aware of that um, and we recognise it in ourselves and in our loved ones so that we can um, be there for each other and get each other help. Yeah, there is lots of resources out there. And I mean, I often find it can be a bit of a throwaway comment when we just say there's resources out there and just use them because I know, again, that's probably the last thing that you know, you're know you really going to do at this time. But we really do encourage anyone who is struggling through this time, who's feeling alone or feeling any of these signs and symptoms and just noticing that they might be developing like a persistent period of low mood. It will be very normal for this first mm. little bit to be feeling down and to be feeling burnt out and stressed. Mm. And, Hopeless, yeah. Mm. But, um, you know, if that is persistent and you do feel like it would be good to talk to someone, we are going to put a a long list of um, resources, people you can contact by the internet, by the telephone, um, but also something that is important as well moving forward is that you can actually go to your GP and you can get some free visits under a mental health plan um, with a psychologist as well, which is um, really good in Australia with Medicare Mm. and something that I definitely recommend people utilise if you're you're feeling that that might be for you. Yeah, it's really important that people recognise this um, and and reach out for help. Mm. And some of the resources will pop onto the um, show notes are are, are really great. They're free. You can access them in your own time um, and they can uh, help with, with lots of support. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think it's, you know, it's normal and it is something that so many of us are going to experience over, you know, the next years and have already experienced with COVID, with isolation and all of that as well. So this is just another layer on top of that and um, it definitely would be worth reaching out and and utilising these things so that um, you can feel like yourself again. Something that we've both noticed, I think, in the last couple of weeks and that we've seen on the, the news and on social media is that there really has been really strong community support, both within the communities affected, but also from around the state and around the country. Like everybody's really banded around um, in the community and the response to the floods, um, I think, is a real credit to our Northern Rivers area because it's been community-led, it's been grassroots and there are, you know, small organisations and and individuals who have just gotten together and um, led this, which is incredible. Yeah. Some of the stories you hear, I heard about 
um, some people driving up in a van from Melbourne that are cooking food on the streets in Lismore for people. Uh, mm. It's just incredible. So it makes you feel really special. And, and I hope that those communities are really feeling that support at the moment. Yeah. And again, like if you are looking to support people, I have a big shout out here to the Koori Mail. They're mm. a newspaper based out of Lismore, um, well, in that Bunjalung area, um, Aboriginal you know, started and led and all of that. And they have been on the forefront of this response. Like they are, you know, food, um, medical, they've had doctors and nurses at their like centre there. They've just been incredible in how they've come together to support the whole community in Lismore Mm. and the wider area, Um, you know, but they also not just in Lismore, but they've been supporting our communities down here where we are and also, you know, further north and and that as well. So, Mm. yeah, big shout out to Crew Mail, incredible response and everyone just on the ground who are, you know, it's been full on yeah yeah Yeah. and I think it's really these people that are helping are also flood affected yeah it's it's affecting everyone so um yeah amazing to see yeah I've got a friend who um you know lost her business um a lot of her livelihood and everything but she's literally leading the um response in Lisbon it's incredible yeah yeah so I think um we'll wrap it up there because I think that's you know cool to acknowledge people out there and as much as it's a really terrible time um, we live in such a cool place yeah we really do um for those people listening that aren't from this area um you know some monetary donations is is really really helpful to these communities um we'll put on social media and in the show notes some um, places that you can donate to um and Places like the Koori Mail that Maddie uh, yeah. mentioned earlier have lists of donations that are required that are ever-changing. So um, follow them and stay up to date with what the communities need. Yeah, because like the needs are changing day to day. As we said before, um, at this stage when we're recording, everyone's in that recovery process of just trying to, you know, homes, cleaning up, debris, all that sort of stuff. So every moment and every day what is needed by these communities are changing um and the the donations as well you know will match what is required so i know just recently as i said they're looking at gurneys they're looking at things that can help with the you know tradespeople. electricians are really needed there at the moment so mm-hmm. if that's you if you're a tradie and you've got some time to spare definitely head to these regions and just turn up and just you know see where you can help if you're local um, and, you know, haven't been affected yourself and have some time to spare, again, just turn up people power. They need people to move things and help clean. So, yeah, turn up, help out. Um, but otherwise, if you're from away, as we said, monetary um, donations and things like that are really helpful as well so that the communities can spend it where they need to spend it. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. guys. Look after each other and take care. Wrap it up there. Bye. <laughs>